Welcome to Greenhouse Grower to Grower, the podcast where we talk to growers from across the greenhouse industry about market trends, innovation, their biggest challenges and opportunities, and more. I'm Brian Sparks, Senior Editor of Greenhouse Grower. 2024 is shaping up to be a busy year, and that's especially true for the team at Hoffman Nursery in Rougemont, North Carolina, which has been growing ornamental native grasses for more than 35 years. This week, I had the chance to catch up with David Hoffman and Alex Stanley at a Hoffman Nursery right before the winter trade show season kicks off with the Mant Show in Baltimore. We talked about what they're most excited about for the coming year and a lot more. Here's our conversation. So David and Alex, thank you for joining me today for, for the Greenhouse Grower to Grower podcast. Uh, welcome. Good morning. Thank morning, you. Man. Excited Thanks. to be here. So I know as David and I were chatting uh, before we got started here, this is the kickoff of, a, of you know, the, one of the, I'm sure one of the busiest times of the year for Hoffman Nursery. But before we get to that, I do want to jump back into 2023. And if you could both talk about, you know, how this past year went for Hoffman Nursery in terms of, you know, your expectations, new things you tried, um, and how that is going to help you transition into 2024. Yeah. Again, thanks for having us. Um, 2023 was a good year for Hoffman's. We, um, it's been, we've been busy. We've been expanding, um, trying to meet the demand in the marketplace. Um, and it just, it seems like we've got a lot of projects going on. Um, as you know, as we were discussing earlier, it's wrote it out and I was like, wow, I can't believe we have all of these projects upcoming, especially looking back and seeing what we've, what we've done over the past couple of years. Um, last year in particular, um, we've, we, I guess a couple of years ago, we purchased a stock farm. And so that was about um, an 80 acre facility where we'll be growing um, stock plants, um, other plants for divisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we had put a, another second H2A trailer on that um, within both of those were within the past two years too. Um, so those we, first year was a little rocky with some of the stock that was going into it, but you know, I think we've honed in our production plans a lot and been able to be more successful with timing and um, getting the number of splits that we want out of it and things like that. So it ended up saving us a significant amount of money um, uh, in that respect. Um, and not to mention that we have better control over labor and timing and um, it's all kind of under one roof, which makes it a little bit easier in some ways. Um, the other project that sort of has been gone up going on has been a, um, a propagation house, um, which we're wrapping up now. Um, seems like it's been, you know, it's one of those never ending projects, but, um, again, really excited about it for the upcoming year. Um, but it's just taken a lot of energy out of us for this, for this past year. So, okay. um, that's been really good as well. Um, but again, last year was good. We, we saw a lot of, um, you know, our, the, I guess the, the customers or our major customers kept coming back and there were a lot of good orders with them and it seemed to increase over the year, um, which we've expected. Um, and you know, landscape sales were strong too. So it was a good, a good fall. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think things were good overall. Good. Good. You mentioned expansion there, you know, and we, we hear a lot about, you know, as growing operations are coming out of the pandemic, um, you know, you had, you know, for most companies, you know, some very good years in 2020 and 2021 that gave them the capabilities to expand. We heard a lot in 2022 about uncertainty over whether that was the right time, A, because of supply chain issues, and B, because, you know, there was a lot of reckoning with, you know, 
the consumers that we gained, are they going to stick around? How did that kind of dictate what you guys did in 2023? And how is it dictating what you guys are planning now? I, I think we were a little late to the game uh, during the COVID years, frankly. Um, I think that we had issues with labor availability. I mean, everybody did, but you know, we didn't start the H2A process until 2022. So I okay. think we were late and I think we missed the boat there. Hmm. Um, we had issues with fulfillment. We had, um, you know, some quality issues, which, I mean, to be completely honest, it's, it's completely turned around and it's a night and day from what it was. And it's, it's really reassuring for us to see. And I think our customers are seeing it. Um, some folks said they didn't see it. And I think, you know, we've, we've definitely heard some from some others, but you know, that's just the way it is. And, you know, as the transitions happen, you know, that was a hard, hard time. There was a lot of supply chain issues. I mean, we were without, um, plastic for, um, well, we were supposed to be our, our plastic delivery or our, a plastic delivery kept getting delayed because of various reasons. And so it was going to be six weeks out. And actually we worked with some of our, uh, friends up at North Creek and they were able to help us out and get us some, um, plastic trays to be able to fulfill, you know, a month and a half worth of production that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So, nice. you know, it's those types of things where it really, um, you know, it brings the industry closer together and, you know, it's, it's, it was good to be able to work with, um, other folks to be able to meet demand and continue to, um, you know, strengthen those relationships. So, yeah, um, I think that's been, that's, it's been reassuring, you know, it was like I said, a couple of tough years there, but I think we've come out of it. And, you know, as far as the investment goes, it was, it was almost more expensive and we're seeing that, you know, costs continue to rise from those years. Um, and so that's something else that we're going to have to, um, tackle moving forward. I mean, you know, in some cases, some of that can be passed along to folks, but in some cases it's not realistic to be able to, to do that. So we're trying to, um, continue to promote our value proposition and, um, you know, explain why, you know, it has to change and that, you know, it's changing. Uh, Steven, the sales manager here says, uh, change is the only constant. So keeps <laughs> us, it keeps, uh, reminding us of that. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's like, so that's, uh, it's been good. And, and I think that, you know, we've, we're a little late to making some of these implementations, but I, I think that they're all things. It's not that we weren't doing things before, right? It's just that they weren't these things. Yeah. We we're doing new computer systems and doing, um, other type of investment. So it's kind of just changing, uh, influencing a different part of the nursery, I guess. Okay. Alex, I know you're more focused on, on the marketing side, you know, when it comes to something like plant categories and, and crop categories, did you notice, or have you seen any major shifts in the past couple of years that kind of dictated, you know, how you, how you work with some of your customers? Yeah, for sure. We um, are obviously the last few years we've seen a shift in um, going native. Um, folks really wanting to use more native plants. Um, so that's definitely been ongoing for a little while. And um, you know, something that we did last year is we kind of revamped our regional plant list, which kind of helps folks from all across North America to kind of drill down some great plants that do well in their region, um, but they also are best sellers. So we kind of revamped that, put it in our catalog last year, um, and it was pretty successful. Folks were excited to see that, and we ended up making it into a few webinars last fall, and uh, we'll continue to use that content this year as well. So 
you know, I think I think folks are, like I said, native sedges are another one, obviously, with the Mount Cuba report. Um, you know, they uh, sedges became more popular. Uh, folks were asking more for those. So um, I definitely think those are a few of the, the trends that we've kind of seen over the last few years. I think something else that Alex has been working a lot on is, uh, I mean, obviously green infrastructure is huge for us. Um, and so that's been, you know, trying to focus on and, you know, whether it's trying to expand our lineup a little bit and looking um, into other grasses and sedges that fit that um, and just trying to see what else, what other holes we can can fill in within those spaces, because it's it's becoming more important. The municipalities are really talking about it and a lot of the um, it's having a bigger impact in the local communities. So sure. it's something that we're seeing a lot of buzzing about, if you will. You know, I, I want to go back real quickly to uh, the H2A program, which David, you mentioned a few minutes ago. So you know, as a, a, a newcomer to that program, um, I guess I want to ask why you went down that road and then what, what are some of the initial lessons that you've learned being part of it? Yeah, I guess the main things for us with the H2A program you know, coming into it new, um, we work with a labor contractor. That was the route that we decided to go. It ended up being the same cost as when you look at some of the costs for, you know, all of the other, the percentage that they put on top of it. It ended up being about the same as what we pay um, for our employees as well, um, in some cases. Um, and so it, it ended up being um, the same. And so if we're going to pay the same, then and we, some of those folks are willing to work. They, they work just as hard as our team here. And, um, and we don't have to spend the time and energy trying to find people. I think that's been the biggest savings and it saved our, uh, HR man, our HR director, a lot of, uh, time and headaches trying to, and all of us talking about what are we going to do because we don't have the people. Um, I forget who said it, um, I guess within the past couple of years, but Basically, they were saying that, you know, we can spend our time instead of talking about how we're going to solve the labor problems, we can actually build and grow our business. Hmm. I think that's really important. And I think that, you know, without it, we would still be in the same uh, cycle about, well, we don't have the labor. What are we going to cut or are we going to change our business or or shrink? Because that's where we were with it in some ways, too. Yeah. So, so it, it, as you talk about building your business, so that kind of leads into this coming year then. Yeah, you know, I know we we just kicked the year off, and you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, you've got a really busy schedule coming up with with some of the big winter shows. Um, what are you planning for those? And and I guess what are your early expectations for how twenty twenty four might shape up? We're hoping for a big year this year. Um, we've got pretty good um, availability. I think that the you know we've already sold out of some of the um, the, num- the top products, unfortunately, because I think we could do better in some cases. Um, Alex, maybe you can talk about some of the trade shows and some of the kind of what we're, where we're going and um, what's exciting, I guess, for this. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, we're excited over the next few weeks to go to the winter trade shows. We'll be um, obviously at Mant next week. We'll, the following week, we'll be at Green and Grow in, in Greensboro. And then we've added uh, the Gulf States Expo to our schedule this year. So we're excited to go down to mobile for that one and and uh kind of get to know and and continue to grow grow that area um for our business as well um we also we also did as i mentioned a few webinars last fall so we're looking at doing a few more of those this spring um and then again this fall as well so we're excited we obviously are excited to see people in person 
Um, but we also want to continue the webinars um, so that folks can kind of enjoy those on um, or take part in those in their own time. Those webinars, what's the main focus? of? Um, so the ones that we did last fall were uh, the regional plant list, as I already mentioned, um, which are grasses and sedges that do well in um, those regions, and they're also best sellers. So our sales team kind of constructed a really good presentation, um, kind of showcasing a few of those top plants and how they do well in the region and also how they solve problems in the region, whether it be drought or um, water issues or whatever it might be. Um, we also did a webinar on uh, drought tolerant and low water use um, grasses, which was another obvious issue that we're seeing across North America. So we put a presentation together for that. And actually, we're going to be sharing those um, as videos over the next couple of weeks. Um, so we're excited to get that out to everybody. Um, and then, yeah, we've just got a few coming down um, in the next few months, and we're still working out the the details on those. But, um, you know, our catalog theme last year was resilient. So we kind of want to keep that theme going and, um, you know, uh, showcase plants that just do really well for folks and um, can solve problems as well. Okay. One thing, too, Alex, um, that you were alluding to, but there's... Um... There are six types of natural disasters that have been highlighted by the American Society for Landscape Architects. Mm -hmm. And those have been kind of a highlight, or we've, we've highlighted those a little bit, but also taken our plants and, or the plants that we grow and say, you know, how do they solve these problems? Yeah. How do they solve landslides? How do they impact wildfires? How do they do um, drought tolerant conditions and those types of things? Some of that's also happening in the background because it's, you know, those are the things that are trending too, is, you know, you see more and more about flooding, you know, and this gets back to the green infrastructure that we talked about earlier. Yeah. All this is kind of wrapped together and trying to figure out how to, how to <laughs> present it and, and put it out there for folks and really what, what people will use. And so I think that's, you know, a lot of what Alex and Steven have been working together on and the sales team as well, but, you know, really trying to figure out what's the best use of their time to produce effective content for folks as well. Okay. Um, and so part of that, again, it's coming to the trade shows and meeting with folks and, and getting that connection so that we can get them the content that they need to be successful in there in whatever they're working on. I like the solutions focus there as well. You know, you talk to Dr. Alan Armitage and his big thing is, you know, solution gardening. It's, it can't just be about the, the beauty of the plants. It has to be, how do you solve a problem? Or how, how can plants help you solve a problem? So it's a nice approach you guys are taking. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. And one other thing too, when we, um, I guess another thing with the H2A program, they've, well, and our employees as well, um, but they, we work together to build some uh, gardens in the back. And we have a, it's a bioswale um, drainage ditch, if you will, uh -huh. area, but we had it planted at one point and it kind of got overtaken and we didn't have time to maintain it as much because we had to focus on you know, growing and getting the best product out. So what we had done is this past year, we went through and cleaned all of it out and started over. And so we went in and put a lot of grasses and sedges. And then we also worked with some local um, folks to be able to get some um, perennials as well that, that do well for those spaces. And so 
Um, it's been, um, it's kind of a cool revitalization of that space. And I think that, you know, especially the more we have um, visitors or landscape architects or growers or landscapers come out and look at what we're doing, we can explain and showcase like, this is what we're talking about. These, this is a, you know, a stream restoration, if you will. Yeah. This is a rain garden. This is, you know, more of a flat area or a bioswale. And so, um, you know, getting, having those types of examples on the site, coupled with the fact that our sales team just went out and got uh, stormwater certified so they can go out and actually do inspections and maintenance if, if we wanted them to. But being able to actually talk through with pr the professionals out there um, to be able to have a real conversation about it with the terms that they know that they had learned. So kind of, you know, again, putting all of these pieces together to make sure that they can, they have the tools to be successful, to be able to make good decisions, not only for, uh, well, for, for what those landscapes are going to be in the future. You know, so. speaking of that, so, you know, with, with landscaping be, being one of your, your, your primary markets, you know, how do you guys track, you know, anything from, you know, housing market trends or, you know, things like that? And, and, and how does that drive what your plans are going forward then? So a lot of what we've listened to, or a lot of who we've listened to, I guess, is is mostly um, some of the research that uh, Charlie Hall, um, American Board, the Eagle Group, all of them have kind of put out there. I mean, they, yeah. they're such a great resource, um, and it's been helpful to have that sort of um, consolidated and then put in front of you to be able to, in a way that's uh, easily digestible. Yeah. Um because, you know, you can get lost in all of that numbers and read the wrong one and then you've made wrong projections or whatever. And so, um, I mean, I think, you know, we, we were a little bit more hesitant, you know, as you mentioned, you know, I think we were uncertain about what the future of coming out of COVID was. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we've sort of, I think we said, well, it's not going to be as good as it was, but it's not going to be where it was either. So we kind of right. just average those years and, and went from there. So, um, I mean, I, it's hard to, you know, forecasting is tough. You know, one year you might have sales, especially in the landscape space and be, you know, that may jobs that you knew were coming down the pipeline or, um, you just didn't know when, and then trying to plan around that is always tough, but again, trying to figure out what, and, you know, I think we talked about this. It was, it was in a, um, it was another webinar with, yeah. I believe. Yep. And um, yeah, so we dive, dove a little bit deeper into that there, but it's, it's, it's difficult to, you know, taking those big picture ideas and saying, okay, we want to grow the company to be whatever. Um, and then saying, okay, how do we, how do we get there? What is the, what does that makeup look like? How does, what's the, because we may have had, you know, a certain number of sales last year, but if we're going to grow the company, how are we going to do that realistically? What's going to get us there from where we are today? And so I think that's trying to figure that out is always a, can be a challenge too. I would imagine these past few years, that challenge has been more, more of a challenge than, than ever. I think just with so many different market fluctuations. Yeah, for sure. So okay. that's, uh, it's, but no, it's, um, planning and figuring out kind of where we're going. I think that's, it will, it will always be, uh, you know, it's some, some ways, uh, learn it at a dartboard, but I think, um, and we'll, we have to make our best guess, um, you know, as, as best as possible. Yeah. 
so what are you most excited about for this coming year, both for, for Hoffman and then for the industry as a whole? I think we've got a lot of, there's some things that I can't talk about, but we've yeah. got a lot of cool things going on um, that we can talk about later this year. But it's, I guess, in for, for us here, I think it's, um, it's just, you know, there's a, I feel like we're, we've gained a lot of momentum over the past couple of years. And I think we're in a good place to continue to, um, you know, like I said, grow the business with, with the stock farm coming online and really getting, um, getting it in motion. Um, and yeah, do it, you know, things like that. And like I said, other projects can't really talk about yet, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, and hopefully, um, as I think, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but we'll be putting in another trailer for more H2A, um, employees, um, that as well will be good because I think that'll give us opportunity to grow, um, in, for the future as well. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely those types of things, um, that we're, we're excited about. So, sure. I mean, and actually, uh, you had asked about the industry. I think, you know, I still think there's a really good buzz around, um, in the industry. I think folks are still excited about it. I think there's, you know, I think there's always going to be a little, little bit of concern, um, just because that's who we are and what we grow. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think that's just like said who we are. Um, so, but no, I, I think, uh, I'm excited for the for this year. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I am too. I'm excited to be back in front of people again, having tours with the nurseries, doing the lunch and learn, doing these events so that we can get in front of our customers and really find out what they're looking for, what they need, what trends they're looking at as well. I mean, it's important to see it from from the top level, but it's also important to see it from their perspective. So I'm excited uh, for for this year as well. Well, and speaking of getting in front of people, I know we'll be at Mance next week ourselves, so it'll be great to uh, connect there in person. As you said, you know, the, the, that that was one thing we learned, you know, during the pandemic years was, you know, that there's no substitute for that in-person communication and, and that sharing of ideas. You can only do so much, you know, over email or over, over Zoom for that matter. Um, it's that in-person connection that really makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I did want to ask one other thing. Um, you know, the the the, the whole topic of, of succession planning is really something that you know is is important to this industry. And I know, as a family-run business, you know, I know that you know this has been front and center at Hoffman for the past few years. And David, can you are you able to talk about kind of how that's going right now and how roles are changing uh, uh, there? You know, I know Jill and John have been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. Yes. I can, I can talk about that. So it's, it's funny you mentioned that we had, we've talked about it for a while and I feel like, you know, that things have changed some, uh, but I, you know, I, and I think that we're now getting to the point where, you know, with my dad retiring, uh, at the beginning of last year, you know, he'll still lead the show so you guys can see him. Don't worry. <laughs> um, as long as his friends are still going to the shows, he will be going to the shows. He's excited about that, I think. Um, yeah. but no, I mean, I think, you know, we're at a transition point where it's, you know, we've, we've seen, um, some folks, uh, at the middle manager level really step up and we're excited and, you know, we've been trying to cross train and get people to where, where it will be, you know, cause we're going to have a lot of turnover in the next 
three to five years in mm-hmm. management positions. Um, but uh, Jill Hoffman, uh, CEO, president of Hoffman Russia right now, she'll be retiring in the next few years. Um, our Martha Hamlin, our HR director, re- retired in a uh, few years. Um, again, there's several big positions. Um, Bill Hall in the next few years, who's our head grower here. Yeah. Uh, so again, you know, and that's it. I stay them just because I know that, you know, there's within the next five years, the, the face of the nursery will be different. And so we have to be prepared in a very short period for that change and make sure yeah. that the people that are going to succeed them are ready. Um, so, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, we have a long, a huge list of projects going on here, everything from, you know, doing more cross training, getting people um, up to speed so that somebody else can take on another um, project or move shift roles or do things like that. And so, you know, it's not only is it preparing for, you know, changing of the guard, if you will, but also it's we're taking on more projects and doing more things. And so yeah. it's it's expanding kind of our capabilities and, and what we will be able to offer in the future, too. Um, so, like I said, I'm I'm excited about it. I think, um, you know, the team here is excited. Um, I think the biggest thing for us is really the planning side of it and trying to get yeah. our ducks in a row, talking with accountants and lawyers and all of those things to make sure that that's all in order so that when the time is right and they, you know, they've everything's been planned as, you know, because everything we know Whatever we plan, it's not going to go according to plan, but of course, at least something to start with to be able to, um, to be able to, to move from that. So, um, so anyway, so all that being said, I mean, I think, you know, getting a plan in place to be able to, to move forward, I think will be extremely important. We've got, we've got some ideas now. Um, I think it's, you know, really what, what does that look like for, you know, my folks, and yeah. then, you know, all of the rest of the team members involved, but also just as a nursery as a whole and making sure that, you know, we don't drop any of the spinning plates while we're making this transition. <laughs> well, and it's funny, you mentioned some of those changing names and faces. And I know even just going back the past couple of years and talking to Joe a lot, you know, I, I know there was a point where, you know, you weren't outright looking outside of horticulture, but it seemed to be going in that direction where some of the leadership that was coming in was, you know, there's a lot of movement within the industry, but it looked like Hoffman was making an effort to, you know, really focus on what what other industries can we learn from and bring some of that expertise into what Hoffman does, which I thought was an interesting approach. Yeah, and I, I think we're still looking at that. Um, I don't know, you know, it just depends on the person, right? Yeah. You know, they have to fit with what we're doing. They have to like our team. They have to, it's, it's just totally in who you find, um, out there not to mention it helps if they have some plant experience. <laughs> so, or, or anything like that. So, I mean, I certainly, uh, you know, I, I would say there's definitely some opportunities that, you know, we've tried to find folks from outside the industry still. Um, in some cases it, it works and some it has not. So, um, again, yeah. just trying to find the right people that, and really, you know, I forget where I saw this now, but it was, you know, you're finding people that we see the potential in to grow. And I think that, you know, again, we've got a solid team here and they have a lot of potential. And I think that, you know, especially over the next few years, we'll continue, they'll continue to develop and, and help um, grow. But it's, you know, finding people that, that want to learn, that want to do more because those, like I said, those positions we will need 
in the near future. You know, last question for each of you, because, you know, the solar industry does come down to the plant. So what plants are, are most exciting for each of you right now? You know, what's in the market that, that you're looking at and saying, okay, you know, that this is going to be a driver for what we do uh, moving forward. Are, are there plants out there that that kind of get you excited? Go for it, Alex. <laughs> you're going to send it to me first. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I think going back to the Carricks, I think I... Um, I'm a huge fan of um, some of those. Obviously love the Evercolor series with their, those aren't native, but those uh, colors are just gorgeous. I was noticing it. I've got Everillo and Everglow in my garden and it, they just shine all year round. So I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of those. Um, but there's other... Um, sedges that I think are are great that are are native um you know obviously Pennsylvanica Carex Pennsylvanica um Plantagenea I think those are gorgeous they have beautiful foliage but they also you know again go back to solving problems in in areas and um yeah I think those are a few I obviously love the the molly grasses um, the pink bully grass, the um, white cloud. I think those are gorgeous. And um, yeah, I think uh, that's just a few of mine. David, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say um, anything. I mean, carrots, sedges uh, in particular, those are, I mean, for us, they're, they're super interesting right now. Um, people love them. And I think there's so much more to learn for them, from them. Um, you know, we do around 40 and I could, we could probably do another hundred with all the requests that we get. Um, but it's, you know, really trying to figure out which ones solve those niches and, and find, solve those problems. Um, and then also, you know, really anything that's green infrastructure these days, both, I, you know, sort of, that's been sort of a, a trend through our conversation today, but I, I mean, I, those plants, as Alex mentioned, they're solving problems. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of different ones, but, you know, it's, to me, it's the ones that are, we're selling not very many of that are the coolest. Right. And so that's why we do it too. Right. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunity, even with some of the lesser known ones and really getting out there to be able to promote those for one reason or another. Um, because those, you know, especially with a lot of the landscapes and what they are looking like, um, these days, um, the it's changing and people are okay with a more naturalistic look. So whether that's um, Kelly Norris or Pete Udolf or, um, you know, those are uh, Claudia West out there. Um, you know, all of those types of landscapes are, are becoming more norm and, and it's being okay, you know, coupled with the pollinator trending trends and, and so on. Um, and that, you know, it's all, all of that wrapped up together. Um, is again creating some um, really cool landscapes. So again, yeah. that's something we're excited about, um, and some of the stuff that we're doing um, as far as plants in particular. Um, I'm a huge fan of um, Carex Grayi. Those seed heads are so are awesome. Um, another one is the uh, bamboo muley, uh, Mulembergia dimosa. That's another cool plant. We've got some that are like four feet tall in our greenhouses and they just, wow. they, they don't look like any other plant. It's pretty cool. 
So well, that's awesome. Well, we're definitely looking forward to uh, the next week's man's being able to reconnect with uh, with both of you and your team. And um, you know, as you get into spring beyond that, you know, we'll just wish best of luck to, to the Hoffman team and and what's shaping up to be another exciting year. So um, thank you to, to both of you for for joining me today. Thanks yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thanks for joining us. You can learn more at greenhousegrower.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen.